We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Situation Report. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stoliker. I am your host today and I am super excited to share with you the interview that you are about to hear. Uh, As a Christian living in the United States at this moment in time, I have been very concerned, as I'm sure many of you have, with the Christian response to so much of the overreach we have seen from our government. Certainly the pandemic over the last couple of years has generated movement from our government that we have not seen, at least in our lifetimes. Things have been done, decisions have been made, laws have been enacted that just a couple of years ago we would have never thought possible. And yet here we are. One of the areas that have been affected by many of these laws, these local ordinances, (laughs) what has happened in response to COVID is the shutdown of churches, or at least the limiting of how many people can attend a church service. These have been issued. Some churches have gone along. Others have not. The Christian response has not been unified at all. In fact, it's been all over the board. People arguing about what Jesus would do and how Christians should act and what the Bible has to say. Many Christians taking a stand for truth, taking a stand for the Bible, taking a stand for our liberty and for the Constitution, and many choosing not to do that. (laughs) And it's been an interesting thing to see. Uh, The response has been fascinating in many ways. It's also been uh, disappointing and discouraging. Here in the state of California, where I live, there have been some pastors, though, that have stood up, and not only stood up, but taken a stand, not only stood up to take a stand, but also led others to take a stand and helped many to know how to move forward. Uh, So many great Christian leaders, so many great pastors, one that is well-known in the state of California for doing just that is who I am interviewing today. I have the opportunity to talk to Pastor Jack Hibbs. And uh, man, such an honor to be able to speak with him because in so many ways he has helped to lead a movement of religious freedom, faith practice, and helping others to understand as Christians and as churches how they can get involved in culture, get involved in the process of even putting the right people in office. And uh, very, very excited for uh, this conversation. I know it'll be a blessing to you. It will be an encouragement to you. It may even be a challenge to you. But I trust that you'll take it and that you will share it out with others. Many other folks in your life need to hear this conversation. So please enjoy this conversation with Pastor Jack Hibbs. Pastor Hibbs, thank you so much for joining me. I am super excited. You have no idea how excited I am about this conversation. So thank you. Well, listen, thank you for inviting me, Jeremy. I'm excited as well. Can't, can't wait to hear what happens. <laughs> well, I'm always interested to hear what happens. That's always the best part of the interview. <laughs> uh, what just happened, I ask myself sometimes. 
Um, I, I mentioned this before we started recording, but uh, you personally and your church have been such a, a lighthouse for so many Christians, particularly in the state of California. Um, I live in California, and for that, I take a lot of grief. But, man, I believe we're in a place here in this state that certainly impacts the rest of the nation, but it's an opportunity for Christians to really be Christians. And I, I, I've tried to communicate that. Um, why don't we just start right there? Can you talk about being in a state like California, where we know the politics are bad, the abortion laws are horrible, um, our taxes are, are high, we go down the list. But as Christians, we're in a moment where we have an opportunity. Can you speak to that for a few minutes? And Jeremy, I don't even know where to start. And once I get started, I probably, you're going to have to make me stop. <laughs> because I may, I may offend somebody by saying this, and I don't mean to. But there's a lot of people that I see who are Christians in California that are bailing out because they said that it's too yep. much, uh, there's just too much going on. It's too much of a fight. Yep. And the last time I checked, that's what heaven's for. Mm. And I have watched people literally hang in there like thank god for you you've hung in here and there's stronger believers for it and now jeremy we're starting to see something happen in california where god is starting to honor our our little attempt to be faithful hmm. and um i just want to encourage people we're christians for crying out loud we don't get yeah. to the front of the of the very battle once it once it's uh, underway and then tap out or, or yeah. retreat yeah. at the moment where, where the, you know, everything that we've been trained and read about is now engaged. And you say, well, I, I want to go to the back. <laughs> no, the Christian needs to go forward. That's why all of the armament shown us in the book of Ephesians chapter six is the armament that is for the soldier moving forward. When you look at the soldier's back end in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, he's got nothing covering his rear end. Yeah. He's got nothing covering his his calves or his the back of his head. He's got God that covers his back. We are supposed to be moving forward. So, listen, if you want it easy, in my life I have found that the greatest thing as a Christian, if you want it easy, is to somehow be in the heat of the battle. Yeah. That's where the Lord's at. That's right. And I have this overwhelming sense of 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 destiny with Him, of peace. Uh, there's a sense in my heart, uh, Jeremy, where there's a there's almost uh, I don't want to get weird about this, but there's almost like a prophetic sense in my heart where I was born for such a time as this, not That's to good. retreat from it, but to embrace it and to see what God wants to do. Yeah. And God is doing stuff, and yeah. we're thrilled. Um, can you give us a I don't know if philosophy is the right word, but your philosophy of Christian involvement in politics. So this is one of the areas that I didn't hear a lot of discussion about until just the last few years. But now everyone seems to be an expert on uh, Romans 13 and what Christians should be doing, right? Everybody's an expert now. Um, and you have led the way, you and others, uh, Pastor Rob McCoy has done the same in this state and other, uh, Jack MacArthur, uh, John MacArthur. We could talk about a lot of pastors who have. Um, but you certainly have been at the front edge of that. What is your underlying philosophy? If you're communicating to Christians about their involvement in politics, particularly pastors who are afraid to get involved right now, um, how would you frame that for them? Well, I would frame it uh, from one pastor to another. I would actually ask them, uh, knowing that if that's their position, that they parse out their uh, teaching, preaching, uh, congregation from politics. 
I would ask them as a pastor, how trustworthy can, can I expect you to be? Uh, how, de- how much can I depend on you? And they're going to say, what are you talking about? And I'm going to say something like this. Um, if evil comes to our community, are you going to take a stand against it? Or is that for the police officers to deal with? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 uh, if bad politics comes to my town where they say, you know, no, 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 we're going to have Drake Queen reading, uh, at every one of our school, uh, uh, schools starting from, from K up, am I going to be able to depend on you, Pastor, to stand for righteousness? Yeah. Unfortunately, my sarcasm comes out of truth and reality yeah. lived out. Yeah. Where over the course of the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, We've been a church that has been highly engaged in the culture because this is the reason why. Jesus said, I've set before you an open door that nobody can shut. He said, don't deny my name or my word. The apostles got themselves in so much trouble doing that, that they were commanded after being beaten to never mention Jesus' name again. And they turned around and said, well, I tell you what, you guys in your city council meetings, you can figure out what you think we should do, but we know what we're going to do. We're going to obey God rather than man. And when somebody then throws on you, listen, Jeremy, you, you watched this happen, I'm sure, I'm assuming, where Romans 13 was quoted yeah. by more pastors who hid under their sheet yeah. Yeah. than pastors that stood. I didn't have to talk once about Romans 13. Right, right. Here's the reason why is because Romans 13 says that all authority is given by God and he's given the magistrates their authority, right? The powers that are over us, call it governor, mayor, police, city council. Yep. Those powers have been established by God, it says. And and people will say, well, that's why I'm not going to open my church and that's why (laughs) we're not going to... Oh, no, 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 no. You You need to read Romans 13 again. It says that God gave us those authorities that are God-given authorities given by God. So that means they're there to execute the will of God. Number two, they're given to do good. When Gavin Newsom says, close the church, that's not good. Right. When Gavin Newsom says, thou shalt not worship, that's not good. Right. There is a moment, and tragically, now it's fallen to pastors who... They've lost their mantle of authority. It's fallen off of them because they had it, but they abused it. Mm. So you can abuse it as a pastor. You could abuse authority as a political leader. The point is both are given by God and you can abuse it and lose it. And that's what we've seen happen. And, and I know this sounds harsh, Jeremy, but test this and see if it's true. The churches that woked out on COVID and all that stuff, notice it took them a year or two to open up. Yeah. And then when they opened up, what was their first sermon on? Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Critical race theory. Yeah. yeah. We're sorry for being white or some other right. color. <laughs> right? And those churches are folding. Even right now in the news this week. I'm not going to mention the name. I don't want to get sued. Big, big church in America. Nobody's going back to that gigantic church because they found out that, that, um, them thinking really positive thoughts about themselves. Hmm. Not knowing the Bible doesn't work in time of crisis. Right. So the reason why we blew up here and we wound up baptizing over 3,000 people during COVID is because people began searching for answers yeah. and searching for hope. So that's, that's, what, that's yeah. what we've seen happen. That's what's yeah. going on. That's good. I, 
I, uh, I kind of laugh when people throw Romans 13 up as the reason to not uh, do things. And I, I, always, I always step back. I'm like, maybe I'm just reading it wrong. But didn't the guy that write that get killed because he pushed back against the government? Isn't that – so maybe we're, maybe we're missing something That's here. Awesome. But people are using it for cover. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so Jeremy, check it out. You're exactly correct. So much so, watch this. Paul, <gasps> imagine, did the unthinkable. When he was being kind of tampered with at Caesarea, remember yeah. they brought him out, he had chains on, yep. and he gives an incredible testimony in the book of Acts. And at the end of it, he says, well, I appeal to Caesar. What? Well, there was only one recourse that the local government could do. Yeah. If you being a Roman citizen appealed to Caesar, then to Caesar thou shalt go. What does that yeah. mean? Paul pulled out his political rights card as a Roman citizen, and he says, I want my case argued before Caesar. And he used it. Would to God that Christian pastors in America would understand that God placed us within a constitutional republic Yeah, that we are to use the opportunities that are in front of us. Look, if we lived in North Korea, it's a different story. Yeah. We have to figure out a different plan. But God gave us a constitutional republic, which means mm -hmm. that we get to say whatever we want and we get to make any appeal that we want. God gave us from our founding fathers certain unalienable rights. And right now, while we still have them, I hope, yeah. We can use them. But when a pastor says, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to obey the government. Wow. Because I've read about World War II history. Yep. Yep. And that's so Nazi. That's yep. so World War II era. And, um, you know, our good friend, by the way, Eric Metaxas, yeah. just wrote yeah. an amazing book, yeah. Yeah. a letter to the American church that every Christian must read about this yep. very time. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you got to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry. That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels, towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing, towels that actually dry you. Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can receive a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code SITREP. Go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products all come with a 10-year warranty and their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code SITREP or call 800-870-0283. That's MyPillow.com, promo code SITREP. It's incredible. So that book in particular, I've talked to Eric about his book Bonhoeffer that that is yeah. you know really taken from. And I say this, and every time I say it, I, I don't think he really understands. I mean it. It changed my my view of the world reading that book, and, and my view of Christians. I, I mean, it, it was super convicting. I read it for history, and I, I I left like convicted. And then letter to the American Church. I think if you're a Christian in America and you don't read it. Do yourself a favor, do everyone else a favor and read it because you're exactly right. There is a precedent. If you want to go along with the government, you can do that, but it's been done and it did not end well. Yeah. Um, wow. So right now we're living in a state here in California where um, 
it is absolutely clear, Jeremy, that the only hope for California, 99% of the people don't even realize it. They don't even want to hear this. But it is evident that the government is not the hope for California. Right. It is evident that um, our economy is not our hope. Correct. In fact, it's even the natural beauty of this state where it's going to be 72 degrees here today yeah. in the middle of winter yeah. is not the answer. It's not the hope for this state. It is now crystal clear, and I hope pastors get this. The only hope for California is the pulpit. Mm. I mean it. Yep. The only hope. Because number one, we have a pandemic happening right now of, of suicide. Yep. Because people have lost their way. Yep. The cure for that is the pulpit. Marriages are falling apart. The only answer for that is the pulpit. Yeah. And people have no vision. They don't even know what to do next. They're terrified. The answer to that is in the pulpit. My, my lift, my big lift, and my plea and especially for the year to come, 2023, is we are launching a statewide campaign to rally pastors. In other words, please pray for us, Jeremy, because by the middle of the year, by June of 2023, if a pastor's not standing, if they've yeah. not heeded the call, yeah. it's going to be really evident to their flock yeah. that they're not standing because we're at war. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really getting into the reading of Oliver Cromwell and, and mm -hmm. others of that era. Those guys were Christians, and yeah. their their version of obedience to the Word of God today wouldn't even be recognized by the average Christian. Yeah. yeah. So, it's go time. I have I've had this conversation a lot, but I had it earlier today with someone about the American church, and particularly kind of the megachurch movement, and um, some of the larger churches in America. I'm not against large churches. In fact, I'm, I'm for more people going to church than fewer people going to church. So <laughs> I'll go on the record and say that, right? The bigger your church, I'm happy about it. But one of the, I, I won't call it a blessing, but I think one of the, the beneficial things that has happened over the last couple of years is the churches that believe the Bible and have a biblical worldview have been lifted up. Those who have not have been exposed. And although as a Christian, that hurts my heart to think of churches shutting and people leaving, uh, pragmatically, I think it's probably a good moment for us to say this is what real Christianity looks like. And although that was not bad, what was happening over there, that's not biblical New Testament Christianity. I, I feel like we're in a moment where Christians can really take the lead here, if, if we will. Boy, let me... Um... I know you're not asking for this, but let me, as it were, <laughs> apply some some balm to your to your sense on that. The answer you are exactly correct, and I'll prove it to you. So the number one influx at our church, which normally a pastor would never want to have this happen. Right. So during COVID, we were flooded with thousand fifteen thousand people, adults on a Sunday coming during COVID. Wow! Wow! And uh, another wow. two or 3,000 on, on Wednesday nights. Why? Even though we baptized over 3,000 people during that time, the bulk of the people coming, Jeremy, you'll find this interesting, were people, I'm not, again, I'm not going to name the churches. They were coming from churches that closed, and they were yep. coming from churches that, when I said, for example, there's a day coming when Christ will, will someday return to earth and establish his millennial kingdom. Mm. After service, they came up to me and they said, did I hear you right? Did you say that Jesus Christ is going to physically return to earth? And I said, yes, it's called the millennium. Yeah. 
don't you know this? Where did you go to church? Yeah. And they say something. Yeah. And they were never taught the Bible. So listen, here's what I want to be a comfort for you. There were divisions that took place that Charles Spurgeon called in his day, blessed subtractions, mm. blessed divisions. Yeah. Secondly, we, cl- we quickly woke up and realized that we became a foster church. We inherited a bunch of kids who had just been born but never had a family. They yep. had just been born but had never been discipled. They had been born again, but in 20 years, they've had one year Christian experience. Instead mm-hmm. of having maybe 20, 30, 40 years as a 20-year-old Christian yep. experience. Are you with yep. me? Yep. We are a church, and we've always been a church, that if you've been a Christian for a year, man, you ought to be out storming the gates of hell. Yeah. Okay? And when people came here, they thought we were radical. Well, we were normal. This is what we've always done. So it's been a tremendous thing for us to walk people out of their uh, infant stage and to get them to eat meat, biblically speaking. Yeah, yeah. man, that's good. Um, one of the things that you specifically are known for is prophecy and teaching on prophecy and kind of an emphasis on end times prophecy. Um, I'd love to get your perspective on, first of all, why we should study prophecy. Um, but but secondly, and maybe more um, saliently, <laughs> how we can do so without fear or consignment to, I guess this is the end, or we just need to hang on. Um, you certainly are not someone who's just hanging on and hoping Jesus comes back, you know, so we can be out of all of this. You're going on the offense. You're continuing to move forward. I think some people look at prophetic teaching as that's just a, a way for Christians to go. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Why should we study, and how do we do so without fear or consignment to where we are? Yeah, awesome question. Number one, scholars, I love this, scholars argue back and forth hmm. about, is the Bible 27% prophetic or 31% prophetic? <laughs> Here's the point. I don't care who wins that argument. <laughs> if your low side's 27% and your high side's 31 yeah. here's the deal. Over a quarter of the Bible is prophetic yeah. in nature. Yeah. Okay? So number one, we're supposed to know it. Number two, Jesus said, I've told you these things in advance that when they happen, you will know that I am he. Mm. Ego a me. Yeah. He actually employed the name of God. Bible prophecy in Scripture does what all the cults cannot do. All the cults, put them all together, none of them can prophesy correctly except the Bible. Yeah. So how do you know if we're on the right course? Bible mm. prophecy. Watch how fun this gets, uh, Jeremy. It's amazing to me that even to our Jewish friends, and I've got so many Jewish friends, Pastor Jack, I love you, but I don't read the New Testament. <laughs> I always harass them. I always tell them, do you have any prophets in the Old Testament? Of course, we gave you the right. prophets. Right. Well, their prophecies, have they ever been fulfilled? What do you mean? See, you're never going to know if those prophecies were ever fulfilled in the Old Testament unless you read the New. The New Testament records the fulfillment of the Old. So that's a pretty powerful argument right then and there. And then also this. I'm going to borrow this from our old friend now who's in heaven. Dr. Ed Heinsen from Liberty Mm -hmm. University said, God did not give his Bible prophecy to scare us, but to prepare us. And that's what's awesome. Yes, I believe Jesus could come back today. Yes, I believe I'm supposed to occupy till I come, till he comes, which means I am saving money for my grandchildren. I'm paying off my bills. 
I'm ready to meet Jesus today. Yeah. But I'm planning for my family and for this church for 100 years. I got a 100-year plan in case the rapture doesn't happen today. In my opinion, that's exactly what the Bible teaches, and it takes faith to do that. So finally this, don't shy away from it, because here's the problem, friends. So many churches do not study the science of eschatology. For example, soteriology, you all know about it. It's the study of salvation, the salvation scriptures in the Bible. What's the premise of salvation? How does God save someone? Soteriology. Everybody loves it. Theology. The study of the words or the concepts of God. Everybody loves it. Eschatology. People think that's a skin treatment. (laughs) Eschatology is the study of the prophetic teachings of the Bible. You want to have confidence in the Bible? Study the prophetic scriptures and find out when was that prophecy spoken? When was it fulfilled? When was that prophecy spoken? And it has not yet been fulfilled. So what am I looking for? What should I be uh, attuned to? Finally, this right here, it causes me to view everything I hear and see through a biblical worldview lens. And I don't think there's any other way to live than through what is an expectant yeah. doctrine or understanding of the Bible and Bible prophecy. I just uh, read a study from Barna, I think it was it was earlier this week, um, of those who self-profess to be, he said born again. He didn't just say Christian, but he said born again, which is very specific. Something like only 62 or 64 of them believe that the Bible is inerrant. They don't hold a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to what you're saying. If you don't hold a biblical worldview and that you look at the world through a lens of the Bible, how are you not a basket case right now? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, exactly. They talk about anxiety. I don't know how you don't have anxiety. I don't know why you would choose to go on if yeah. you don't view the world from a biblical perspective. Well, you know what? Again, we're going to let we're going to let the um, we're going to let the patient, so to speak, diagnose himself right now. Check this out. Pastors and Christians that are say, I'm going to say 40 to 45 years of age and younger. They're most affected and terrified by what's going on in the world right now. Why? How can I say that? Because a predominant number of those pastors, for example, in that age group, graduated from seminaries Mm. that never taught Bible prophecy. It was never a course. It it was never really dug into to understand it. And so they, they graduate with a degree. They get hired as a pastor. And when somebody asks them, hey, hey, pastor so-and-so, are you going to talk about what just happened in Russia and Israel uh, from a biblical worldview? Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about controversial things. Translation, you just scared the snot out of me because I yeah. don't know how to answer you because we I was never prepared because I went to a seminary that didn't even prepare me to even look at Bible prophecy, which is 27 to 31 percent. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's what's really happening. That is what's yeah. happening. So if any of your viewers right now um, are are in a seminary, Christian seminary or a Christian university, you need to stop and look around and see what's being taught there in the area of Bible prophecy. You might want to consider going to a different school. Yeah, man, that's so good. Um, I'd like to spend more time on that, but let me ask this question because I think this brings all of it back to where we're living. How do churches and Christians then 
engage in the political process and engage in the culture. You were talking before we came on about um, some of the things that are happening in California. Ballot harvesting is one of those, and uh, we have traditionally, historically struggled because of that. Um, Can you talk about how you've used even that to engage the political process for good? Yep, it's all built on this. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that when they see your good works, they'll glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'm sorry to say that 99% of Christians don't even know what that means. Yeah. The word means this. Jesus said generically, this is, this is a whole other topic for some other day, but when Jesus said, let your light so shine before men, when, when the Bible uses a generic word like men, not Jeremy or Jack, yeah. it's yeah. men, it, it, it implies unbelievers. When, when, when you shine your light as a believer, your influence, remember Jesus walks through the midst of the lampstands in the book of Revelation. Mm. And he says, if you don't do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to remove your lampstand from its, your light from the lampstand. What does that yep. mean? If you're not shining in a dark world, your witness is going to go out. So number one, the Christian is supposed to be where it's darkest. Yep. California. Number yep. two good. is that No one's going to applaud you and I for the good works that we do for Jesus right now. But Jack, you just said that when they see our our good works, they'll glorify our Father which is in heaven. The term means in the day of judgment. When they're being judged for not having listened to what we were saying, they're going to say to God, shucks, I should have listened to those guys. I applaud you, God. You were right and I was wrong. You you sent me the light and I didn't listen to those guys. I just thought they were a bunch of Jesus freaks. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. So here's the effect. We believe we shine the light in church on Sunday and Wednesdays and every other day on campus. And they take that light, like Moses came down from the mountain glowing, right? They take that light to the school board, to LAPD, to the city council meetings. They take it to Home Depot, yep. the, wherever they work, wherever they live, wherever they retired, they shine it. They shine it. They shine it everywhere. <laughs> And guess what we do here at this church? We understand our American history. We understand the Old Testament and we understand the new and we understand our times. We encourage people and we help people run for office. Think about it. Proverbs 29, 2 says, when the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in authority, the people groan. Okay. So there's no, there's no declaring politics, uh, a realm that God's not involved in. He's involved in everything, and Ben Franklin said so. God governs in the affairs of men. Mm. So I'll close with this. God invented Israel. God invented the church. God invented marriage. And listen to this. God invented government. The problem with government today is like everything else has been pimped and prostituted by the enemy. Government has been turned into politics. That's because we've sat it out. We need to create statesmen again. People who are of integrity, where are you going to find them? The church. Yeah. The pastors should encourage them. We're going to help you run for office, make a difference in this town. And that's what happened here. That's exactly what happens in our county, in our community, and beyond. Because we are teaching people to stand up for what God has given them for this moment. And Jesus said, you know what? Because you've kept my word and you've not denied my name, I will keep you from that hour that shall come upon the entire earth. He gave that to the church at Philadelphia. Man, that's the church I want to be. He had set before us an open door that no man can shut. That includes cholera, COVID, (laughs) you name it. 
Yeah. The church is to be open, preaching truth, and making disciples. Yeah, that's incredible. Pastor Jack, thank you so much. Uh, I wish we had four hours to just sit and talk, but we don't. So where can people um, go? And uh, you're involved in so many different things. Where would you like to point people to, at least as a starting point? Yeah, we had to figure all that out and put everything under one umbrella. <laughs> right. It's simply jackhibbs.com. Awesome. Jackhibbs.com, and to keep you up to date on where we're going, what we're doing, and also what we're teaching on going through the Bible every day of the week. Dr. Jack Hibbs, Pastor Jack Hibbs, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we can talk again. Amen, and thank you for your service to our freedoms. Yes, sir. Thank you. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking, a lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help with PTSD. You know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope. And that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went. I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. I'm thankful for Pastor Hibbs and so many others like him. It's been fascinating to watch who will stand up and who will not. And and it's it's. Not often the people that you think will stand up. Pastor Hibbs is one who's been standing up for a long time and uh, leading his church to do that. And so that was not in question, of course. But uh, it's been really interesting to see Christian leaders who have really not come into this moment the way that we would have expected them to. Uh, We'll see how all of this shakes out, of course, as things continue to move forward. But we do, as you just heard in this interview, have an opportunity, have a moment right now that if we as Christians will engage with, we really can reveal to the world, show the world, demonstrate to the world around us 
what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a Christian that values freedom and values liberty, what it means to be a Christian that honors God above all else, and how we can be involved in the, uh, the, the process around us, uh, the culture around us, by not only communicating the gospel, but helping to be that light that salt, that preservative that the Bible calls us to be. What a privilege we have. And I'm very glad that uh, folks like Pastor Hibbs are speaking on this. Um, so many interesting parts of that conversation. But I am, uh, again, grateful to have those who are calling us as a Christian community out to continue leading forward, to go into the dark places and to be the light. A conversation about prophecy is one that we don't often have on this show, but needs to be had as well. We don't need to look at prophecy or the prophetic events in Scripture as something to stay away from or be afraid of, but to help inform our view of the world. How can we have a biblical worldview if we don't know what the Bible says? How can we know where we are at a moment in history if we don't know where the Bible said we would be? How can we Look forward to what God is going to do if we're not familiar with what the Bible says God is going to do. Uh, so many great aspects of that conversation. Please, please, please take some time, go back and listen again, and then share this with other people in your life. That would be fantastic. Uh, a lot of folks need to hear this. And as Christians, we've got to stand up. We have to engage. We have to do really what God has called us to do. And I'm uh, very grateful for uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs and uh, his work, his voice. Please go and check out um, the various areas that he's involved. Uh, he, he speaks often, writes often, and uh, is interviewed, does interviews. You will be blessed if you go to jackhibbs.com. Please go and check that out. And I appreciate you for doing so. Um, if you're not yet subscribed to the show, please take some time to subscribe. You can do that right now, whatever podcast platform you're listening from, go ahead and subscribe. Um, you probably think that you will remember to listen to this podcast every time it's out twice a week. You think you'll remember it. You're not going to remember. There are so many podcasts and some of them are good, some not so good. Very few as good as this one. So you want to make sure that you're subscribed so that you know when the new episodes are delivered. They will be downloaded directly to you. So please take the opportunity to do that. And then help us out by sharing the content with other people in your life. Uh, the way that this show expands and grows, the way we're able to have more conversations like the one that you just heard is by you sharing the content out with others who will also subscribe and share that content out. We can see our audience grow, and uh, that would be fantastic as well. And uh, very grateful for what has happened. And as we um, look back over the last year or so and understand the growth and the audience that has come around the show, we're very grateful. And I would encourage you to encourage others to continue to get involved. And then when you've done that, take some time, go over to YouTube. You can find our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, of course, search for The Situation Report. You'll find our channel there. Subscribe. It's really important. Then hit that notification bell. That is so that you will be, no surprise, notified when new episodes come online. And uh, YouTube gets a bad rap, and probably most of it's deserved because they do some things we disagree with, of course. Um, we've even struggled a little bit with YouTube. Uh, but one of the things they do well is provide a platform where you can watch the video of these interviews, which is awesome. 
but you can also share out so easily from there. And so many people are on YouTube, so easy to share with them. So please do that. You can also leave a comment and let us know what you think about the conversations that we are having. Thank you again for joining the show. Thank you for being a part of what we are doing here. And we look forward to talking to you next time. 